You've tuned in to the Recovery Innovators Radio Show, your access to today's best addiction recovery ideas, tools, and experts. Listen in, and you will learn what is and what isn't working today. And now, here's your host, James Healy. Hey, this is James. Welcome to the show. My goal is to provide you, your loved ones, and anyone you know who needs one, a helping hand to find success in recovery so they can live the life they desire, the life they deserve. Hey, I want to give a big shout out to one of our supporters, The Addictions Coach. Now, The Addictions Coach is the nation's foremost network of sober coaches, recovery coaching, and sober companion specialists. If you are looking to get unstuck from your addiction and recovery challenges, get in touch with The Addictions Coach. They have been featured on all the major networks and shows like Dr. Phil, Oprah, Good Morning America, and more. The Addictions Coach is completely discreet and their programs are customized to your individual needs. Check them out at theaddictionscoach.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. This is James and before we get started, I just wanted to, to point out that yes, we have gone back to our original podcast name few episodes ago, you may have noticed that we had changed from Recovery Innovators Radio to Bombproof Recovery Radio, and we have decided to go back to our original name. It's a better reflection on what we do here, which is to interview experts in the addiction recovery world and find out what's working today for addicts in recovery and get that to you, our listeners. Uh, the Bombproof Recovery Coaching Business is still there. I'm still helping people with that. But the podcast is a Recovery Innovators Radio. And with that, let's get to this interview with Christina Vesalik, who's a nutrition expert. And nutrition is really what I focused on early in my recovery. I wanted to heal my brain, heal my body, feel good physically so that I could deal with the mental and psychological challenges of my recovery. And I'm glad I did. You know, it's a, it's an amazing thing, our body, how it works, the, the chemistry that goes into making our brains work and our bodies work. And basically what we're eating is uh, the chemicals that go in. We create reactions, and that's what's... Uh, creating our world, our reality. So listen to this interview. It's really great. It's uh, totally fascinating. And I s- encourage you to spend some time, you know, really focusing. We know what's good for us. We know all that pizza and, um, you know, those energy drinks and all that kind of stuff. We know that that is not that great for us. And I still struggle to this day with ice cream is my big hang up right now, sugar. So I want you to think about it next time you're ordering that bacon cheeseburger and french fries. Is this what I need to, you know, give me the best chance at a successful recovery and a successful and healthy life? You know, we want all want to be here as long as we can for those around us who love us and to provide service and and get the most out of this life. So nutrition is a big part of it. All right, with that, let's get to our interview. Thanks, everyone. Hi, Christina. How are you doing today? I'm good, James. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to talk to about one of my favorite topics, uh, food, <laughs> specifically nutrition for um, addiction recovery. It was a huge part of my uh, program and still is to this day. And I, it's one thing that I love to talk to people about and help 
help them find a way that they can use better nutrition to help them with their own rec- in their own recovery program. So why don't you tell us first of all how you got started in the in the recovery field and then how you specifically started working I guess with the nutrition side of things. Well, I started in the recovery field about 30 years ago with my first job out of school. Now, when I was in graduate school, for some reason that I don't quite understand now looking back, I had absolutely no intention of working in the addiction field. Um, Mm -hmm. Addicts seemed these strange people way over there somewhere. And um, so I didn't take any classes at all. Now, this is a little strange, again, looking back, because when I was 16, I was at a boarding school in England, and 95% of the students there were hardcore addicts of one sort or the other. And Mm. I first discovered my own codependency by trying to save my roommate, who really tried to put her life together for about two months with a lot of support from me. And then something bad happened in her life, and she left me a note saying she was going to go be with real friends. And over the next several months, I watched her die. Oh, no. And um, it made me so aware of my powerlessness Mm. um, to love, to effectively love people with addiction. Mm -hmm. And... Well, so this is one of the reasons why I'm so excited about the nutritional approach, Mm -hmm. because it adds that third leg to the stool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's always not enough to just support someone with love and even understanding and and let them know that, because until they... um, you know, make the decision for themselves and maybe with the help of nutrition, suddenly, you know, for me, I found that my thought process was so much better and my physicality was so much healthier feeling that I could be feel better about moving forward with my recovery. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think treatment programs, including the 12-step programs, do a wonderful job addressing the psychosocial spiritual aspects of addiction. Mm-hmm. But they ignore the fact that this is a bio-psychosocial spiritual illness. Mm-hmm. That it's driven by the brain. It has genetic components. Um, withdrawal and cravings and tolerance are all due to depletions in neurotransmitters. Mm-hmm. And while we know that community and sharing and skills all help, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't, I think, do enough to rebuild the brain. Right. I mean, because for most of us, we've been breaking down the brain <laughs> for so many years <laughs> through our substance abuse or whatever it is and creating those those neural pathways um that are hard to disrupt well exactly with, with new th- with new better habits right yeah creating neural pathways but also actually depleting the brain chemicals that we need to have online for a successful recovery and exactly. that's, that's what my work is all about, is helping people rebuild those particular neurotransmitter reservoirs and stores so that when we need them, we can pull on them and they're available to us. This is, am I wrong? Is this a fairly new kind of field, this understanding of how the brain is really working? I mean, it's been kind of a, a mystery for so long, right? I think the first articles on this approach were 50 years ago. Okay. Um, The first books I know about were written 30 years ago. So, James, no, this is not a new approach. It's not. But it's not not, um, well utilized in a lot of places, even in some uh, treatment centers, I don't think. It is not well utilized at all, and it's not understood. And, you know, some other time we can get into the conversation as to why in Western medicine um, 
nutrition has been sidelined. Yeah. But yeah. I think what we see in the recovery field is reflecting what we see in conventional medicine. Doctors aren't taught about nutrition. They don't know how to think about it. Um, it's woo-woo to them, even though there is very good research out there. Mm-hmm. Always need more research, but there is good research out there. So we're all a little confused as to why it hasn't taken off, because working in our clinical practices and the few treatment programs that do utilize this approach, mm-hmm. lives are saved. Yeah. Cravings diminish. Mm-hmm. Uh, post-acute withdrawal goes away. Mm-hmm. And so I am excited to be on your show because I want to get the word out to recovering people that um, in many of them can have a much more serene recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of not news to me how nutrition, you know, worked and how it helped you. Not just physically, but mentally, because I had <laughs> I had a history of that in my past where I actually taught people nutrition mm. um, as part of a, a health and fitness hiking program that I ran for oh. many years. And so when I was in recovery, that was one of the first things I focused on was finding someone to help me with this nutritional piece. And so I hired someone like yourself who, who helped me create a a personalized program of nutrition to help me heal my brain and get it working the best it could so that I could deal with the the psychological and spiritual part of the whole recovery that much better if I wasn't feeling like crap and, you know, <laughs> was exactly. functioning at a higher level. And then, I won't go on for too long here, but then I was living in a sober house and so many people there did not know anything about it. No. They had no clue, and they were fueling themselves with Red Bull and Mountain Dew and Hot Pockets and pizza and really bad nutrition. And then they were still wondering why they weren't feeling any better. (laughs) It was like, well, (laughs) bad bad chemicals in, you're going to get a bad reaction, right? Your body's kind of like a big chemistry experiment in a lot of ways, don't you think? Well, it very much is a big chemistry experiment, and it's a dance of molecules. Mm-hmm. And the more we can make sure that the right molecules are in place rather than the wrong molecules, people's brains are going to work better. And if you think about it, James, where do we access our recovery skills? You know, we're in treatment, we're in AA meetings, we talk with our sponsor, we ask questions about what you do when, and we're given answers. Well, mm-hmm. all those answers are stored in the prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we're decently intelligent and have a decent memory, that's where they're stored. Mm-hmm. However, if your blood sugar drops because you've missed a meal or gone too long without a meal, or you've eaten a whole lot of crap food, a whole lot of sugar and those Mountain Dews, etc., and mm-hmm. blood sugar spikes and then it drops... Well, there's something very interesting that happens when blood sugar drops too low or too fast. It shuts off the prefrontal cortex. It shuts off precisely the part of the brain that we need in order to access our recovery skills. Well, if life is just fine, okay, not a problem. But say, you know, life throws us some curveballs, which it tends to do on a daily basis. Right. That's just life. Right. (laughs) And we're stressed and we need to access and utilize those lovely recovery skills that everybody's been giving us. And we can't because the prefrontal cortex is offline. It's not working. It's not working. So it's like, you, you know, you may know that, you know, you're supposed to do this, that and the other, but you can't quite remember what you're supposed to do. And the ad in you has gotten activated and the addict's voice is so much louder than any Mm. other voice in your head Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you find yourself you know in the liquor store or calling your dealer or 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 and afterwards you look back and you wonder what happened Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's easy to slide back into those 
those habits that your brain, that those pathways are so ingrained, correct? Well, it, it is. It's a conditioned response in the brain. Mm-hmm. You know, Pavlov and his dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, once we've really become addicted to a substance or a behavior, we create a conditioned response to go automatically to that substance or behavior when we're under stress. Now, this could be good stress as well as bad stress. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, New Year's Eve is going to be a danger zone for a whole lot of people. Right, we're celebrating. We celebrate. Yeah. And, you know, we both know that, you know, addicts tend to have a craving when happy and when celebrating. Mm-hmm. That's this conditioned response. Whenever the brain gets a little out of balance for any reason at all, whether it be we're happy or something bad has happened or our blood sugar has dropped, we want to go for our substance or behavior of choice. And and then when we want to quit and we just quit, you know, cold turkey or whatever you want to call it and say, okay, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to use my drugs. I don't want to eat sugar because I feel like I'm addicted to sugar, which a lot of people probably are. It's a highly addictive drug. Yeah. Then how can we... What would what would you say what would be the first thing you would recommend to people as far as utilizing in their diet? Or I know you talk about also uh, other nutrients and amino acids and things. First thing that they can utilize to reduce the cravings. Step one. Step one is as soon as their tummy has settled down <laughs> after acute withdrawal, is to yeah. make sure they're getting protein every four hours. Okay. And protein within an hour and a half of getting up in the morning. You know, and you want the other things in there too. You want the healthy fats and the fruits and veggies. But a lot of people forget that all of our brain chemicals are made out of protein. So you want to get that in there. But people in early recovery often have really bad digestion and mm-hmm. really bad absorption. You know, the entire digestive tract is just fried. Mm-hmm. And so this is where supplements come in. Supplements can jumpstart the system. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I said, protein is what the brain chemicals that mediate our mood and help us feel calm and happy and relaxed and energetic come from. When we eat protein, it breaks down into amino acids. They go everywhere in the body, but some of where they go is into the brain to make these chemicals. Um we can buy these specific amino acids over the counter at Vitamin Cottage or Vitamin Shop or sometimes even Safeway. Mm-hmm. And within 15 minutes, they'll absorb, get to the brain, and you can have a very clear mood shift in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And um, your cravings will very often either completely go away or drop to a manageable level. And your withdrawal symptoms will dramatically decrease because the brain is actually getting what it needs. Now, people often ask me, well, you know, these amino acids are kind of mood altering, so, you know, aren't I going to get addicted to them? And the answer, James, is no, that they are actually anti-addictive. Because with addictive substances, over time, you have to take more and more and more to get the same effect. Mm-hmm. What tolerance is, because it's depleting your brain chemicals. With amino acids, over time, you get to take less and less to get the same effect. Because you're rebuilding those reservoirs and those um, neurotransmitter stores. That's what's so exciting about this approach. So everything's starting to work better and better over time. Absolutely. How? What sort of timeline are we talking about? Like how long? Is this just a a month or um, well, people, years or what are we talking about? People can start feeling better within fifteen twenty minutes. You're right. Um, yeah. That, yeah. But that's for impressive. It, for it to really stick, it takes about eight to ten months of using these supplements and good diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it's very individual. Okay. Some people at that point can just stick with a good diet with maybe a multi and some fish oil. 
and not need the amino acids anymore. Other people who've had, say, a lot of trauma or poor digestion or some genetic issues may have to stay on these amino acids for a long time. While I never became a substance abuser, I certainly had other addictive processes in my life, and I Mm -hmm. had a lot of trauma, and therefore I had a lot of anxiety and depression. Mm. And I found the amino acids and um, fish oil and evening primrose oil very helpful for my anxiety and depression. And I personally, because there was so much going on with me, needed to be on them in pretty significant doses for about 10 years. Wow. And then I worked through my trauma. My life was stable. Um, I discovered all the biochemical aspects of my depression and anxiety, which actually included some food allergies. And I was fine. And I didn't need them anymore. And then I went through menopause. And <laughs> menopause <laughs> shook things up a little bit. Yeah. And I found it found myself needing some more. You know, I went back on a multi. I went back on some fish oil and evening primrose oil. Um, and then I just added amino acids as needed in the moment. And that's a wonderful thing about them as well is that you can take them as needed in the moment. You don't have to be on this strict schedule like you do with prescription drugs. Right, right. So you can be on a schedule, you know, when you need that. Right. You can also take them as needed. Well, and then what sort of um, what sort of expense are we talking about here? Like I know, you know, if we if we're on. Uh, prescription medications, they can be expensive if they're not covered by our insurance mm-hmm. or, we, or you know, some people might might not have insurance or whatever it is, then it becomes cost prohibitive. Is this, uh, are, are these amino acids very expensive or, I mean, it's all relative because if I'm not drinking anymore or, <laughs> or whatever it is, I, I, I am going to have more money to spend on other things. And that's definitely how I justified Improving my diet, I was able to spend a lot of the money I had been spending on alcohol on some very healthy, delicious food. On on real Uh, food, right? On real food, yeah. And and I still have money left over. If I looked at my monthly alcohol budget, it was pretty high. So um, So, how about these amino acids? What what are we talking about? You know, we're looking um, at to kind of do a full program for a month. Mm-hmm. Is around one hundred and fifty dollars a month. Okay. Occasionally, it's a little more. Occasionally, it's a little less. Mm-hmm. But approximately one hundred and fifty a month. If okay. you get really fancy, you know, and or if somebody has a lot of health issues that are driving the addiction underneath and need to be addressed as well, mm-hmm. then it's going to get more expensive because we're addressing more issues. But just to rebuild your neurotransmitter stores and with a good multi and fish oil generally runs around 150 a month. Okay. From well, your vitamin store. Right. I, I mean, I was spending probably double that on, on alcohol. Right. So. And if you, if you add in cocaine or heroin or something else, you know. <laughs> Marijuana or something. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, all, it adds up. Definitely, over time. (laughs) There are two books I want to make sure your listeners are aware of. Okay. Um, They were both, well, one was written more or less 30 years ago. The other was around 20 years ago. Um, Seven Weeks to Sobriety by Joan Matthew Larson is a very wonderful book that looks at in depth all the biochemical aspects of alcoholism but most of what she's saying also applies to other addiction as well. Now, she's a little one-minded. Um, and that, yes, she acknowledges the three-legged stool concept. But in the book, she's really only focusing on the biochemical leg. Okay. Um, but it's a wonderful, wonderful introduction to this whole approach to addiction recovery. Mm-hmm. The other, um, well, really two books I like. One is called End Your Addiction Now 
by Dr. Charles Gant. And the third is The Mood Cure by Julia Ross. So both Joan Matthew Larson and Julia Ross started nutritionally oriented treatment programs just around 30 years ago and were very, very successful. Julia Ross was focusing on eating disorders mm-hmm. and um, Joan was focusing on, you know, anybody who walked through her door. Mm-hmm. Julia also did a lot of other um, addictions as well. Well, I met Julia Ross 30 years ago. So you asked how I got into the nutritional aspect of addiction recovery. I was working in the addiction field. Um, I had spent two years working with teenage, court-ordered teenage alcoholic boys. Talk about baptism by fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I spent a couple of years running a um, the family program in a hospital chemical dependency unit. And then I started my private practice focusing on codependency and adult children with alcoholics issue as well as um, aftercare work for active addicts or recovering addicts. Um, So I saw this article about her in the newspaper in San Francisco and I was so intrigued by a nutritional approach to addiction recovery that I went and interviewed her. Well, I had been ill my whole entire life. And by the age that I was 30, I was barely functioning. I had such profound pain and fatigue, you know, before the words fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome were ever coined, I had them. So I was barely functioning and my mother had been taking me to doctors my whole entire life trying to find out what was wrong. And according to their tests, I was just fine. So they decided that I was fine and she was a hypochondriac. Meanwhile, I'm getting sicker and sicker and sicker. So I meet Julia Ross and her nutritionist, and I was so impressed by the nutritionist that I made an appointment with her, thought maybe Mm -hmm. she could figure out what was wrong with me. And she Mm -hmm. did. Hmm. It turned out I had celiac disease that got undiagnosed. Well, it had been diagnosed when I was two, and then the diagnosis got lost. So um, that was driving not all of my issues, but a lot of my issues. And um, Julia's nutritionist was able to identify that, got me on really good supplements, and introduced me to their amino acid representative, the one who was um, selling them the amino acids. And so I started training with Julia Ross and with this amino acid rep, 30 years ago. And then in 1993, I got certified as a nutritionist through Mm -hmm. a trade school and then just built upon that training over the last 20 years, going to trainings all through the country, reading everything, talking to people and put together this approach where I'm now calling myself a mental health nutritionist. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, because like you say, it helps not just people in addiction recovery, but a lot of other other uh, mental health health. challenges. Sure. And the first thing I thought of when you were talking about depression and anxiety, for me, anxiety especially was a huge driver for my drinking. Sure. Was that I was so anxious about life and uh, being just overwhelmed with everything that it was my escape soon became the bottle. Right. And it became easier and easier to escape and push everything off for another day. Um, But it just made things worse and worse, which made me want to drink more and more. And it's a vicious cycle, but... It's a very um, vicious cycle. It's a very tragic vicious cycle. Because nobody chooses to become an addict. Nobody wakes up one morning and says, oh, I'm going to become an alcoholic. (laughs) No. Right? Definitely not. Let's take a quick break here. I wanted to let you know about a really cool event I am part of this next summer. It's called Camp Recovery Elevator. And over the course of four days, we will share and intimately explore the tools, 
insights, and inner work required to be successful in the life of long-term sobriety. Guests will be encouraged to share personal experiences, explore different recovery approaches, and get outside of their comfort zones. I am helping to host this life-changing retreat with Paul from the Recovery Elevator podcast right here in beautiful Bozeman, Montana, August 24th to the 27th. But don't worry, there'll also be plenty of time during your visit to enjoy the great stuff we have here in Montana, like hiking in star-filled skies, along with the powerful workshops filled with fun, learning, laughter, and quite possibly tears. Head on over to my site, bombproofrecovery.com, for more info and a link to register. There's also a coupon code there for a sweet discount and all of the details. If you have any questions, shoot me an email at james at bombproofrecovery.com, and I really hope to see you there. It's going to be awesome. too i wanted things fixed like yesterday you know <laughs> once you make make that decision you're like okay i want to be better like tomorrow but it takes time um, it, like it you're saying to time. repair your brain and and everything else so well absolutely but the anxiety that you were um experiencing there's could be several different reasons for it mm-hmm. one's just plain depleted neurotransmitters so depleted GABA and depleted serotonin mm-hmm. well for those you can take 5-HTP or tryptophan mm-hmm. um, you want the cofactors the vitamins and minerals there and that helps with the obsessive anxious agitated type of depression um, or you can take the amino acid L-theanine or um, some GABA combinations. I like True Calm by now. Um, mm-hmm. Ross developed that, but there's some really there's some very good other combinations on the market as well. Um, and you can take those, and within 20 minutes, your brain is getting the food it needs in order to cope more effectively with the stress that you're under. So. Our brain, one of our brain's jobs is to allow us to cope with stress gracefully. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a lovely idea? To, <laughs> That's to a great idea. It's not always practical. <laughs> <laughs> but for the brain to do its job, it has to be optimally fed. Mm-hmm. And so our challenge is to figure out what each of our individual brains need in order to be optimally fed. A very few people need to go on um, psychotropic medication. You know, James, it makes me so sad when people go into treatment to get off one or two drugs and they come out on three or four. Right. There's something really wrong with that picture. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, so I believe in feeding the brain first and then mm-hmm. seeing what's left over. Yeah. Well, and... It- we we kind of skipped over the topic, but I feel that in so many ways, like I had a doctor who prescribed me antidepressants for my anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, and that's happening to a lot of people because I think he didn't really know anything about nutrition. No. And so he wasn't able to steer me in the right direction to try that right. first before getting me onto some sort of prescription medications and there's so many people out there now on medications they don't really need they don't really need exactly one of my favorite stories is a couple of years ago I had a young woman walk into my office she was maybe in her early 30s she sat down looked at me and said you're number eight first thing out of her mouth you're number eight I said eight what she said I've had daily panic attacks for 10 years. I've been to four psychiatrists who've put me on a ton of medication, all of which made me feel crazy, and none of which touched the panic attacks. I've been to three psychotherapists, all of whom were very helpful in dealing with life issues, Mm -hmm. didn't touch the panic attacks. So you're number eight. I said, oh, well, what time of day are your panic attacks? 
Turned out she had two a day, one upon arising and one between four and five o'clock in the afternoon. She could almost set her clock by this. And so I asked a few more questions about her eating habits, which were very poor, and told her that I really thought that her issues were due to low blood sugar. Because when, as I said before, when blood sugar drops, adrenaline kicks in. Adrenaline can make people anxious. It can make people violent. A lot of people in domestic violence programs, which I used to run, um, live on Mountain Dew. And that creates <laughs> this up and down cycle where they go into these uncontrollable rages due to adrenaline. So I told her what to do. And we set an appointment for the next week. And she calls me five days later and says, thank you so much. I'm going to cancel the appointment because since I started doing what you told me to do, which was immediately, I have not had one panic attack for the first time in 10 years. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. And she had tried every anti-anxiety medication out there. Well, I think it comes back to this concept of chemistry with our nutrition. If we think of the food and the nutrients we ingest as the same in the same mindset as a chemical mm-hmm. as those pills we're taking, right? Then we can understand why these nutrients in this food is going to affect our brains in a certain way, mm-hmm. shape or form, just like the pills would or drugs or alcohol or whatever. Well, exactly, but not just as because it feeds and builds rather than breaks right. down. Right. Yeah. Even your prescription antidepressants break your brain down after a while. They don't build it up. So you're going to need more and more or or change uh, drugs, or, uh, yeah. Right. It's going to be less effective, right? Yeah, it becomes less effective over time. Many people have had this experience with their antidepressants. Amazing. Well, I, now, you work with individuals, as you mentioned, this mm-hmm. woman who came to you with the panic attacks, but you've also, tell us a little bit about your Academy for Addiction and Mental Health Nutrition. It's for uh, professionals who are looking for more on this uh this information, correct? It is, yes. I started it several years ago. Well, I started teaching these courses several years ago under the auspices of the Alliance for Addiction Solution, which is a nonprofit organization that several of us founded about eight years ago to be a networking vehicle for those of us doing this because we feel can feel very isolated um, and to get this information out to the public. And then um, the board and I decided that it would probably be better if I took taught these courses under my own um, under my own name. So about two years ago, I started the Academy for Addiction and Mental Health Nutrition. It's an online school, mm-hmm. and I currently have a year long course broken into two segments. It's a certification course, so you can become certified by me um, if you want to. It just kind of shows that you have shown a good, solid clinical grasp of this material. The first course is five months long, and it covers our four major neurotransmitter systems and the amino acids which feed them. Mm -hmm. Um, So we talk about tyrosine. uh, So we talk about um, dopamine, serotonin, GABA, and the endorphins. And then the different amino acids, such as tyrosine, GABA, 5-HTP, etc. And really how to use amino acids. Because there's a science to it, and there's an art to it. Mm -hmm. So I try to teach people the science and the beginnings of the art. And then we talk about what we call the pro-recovery diet. And the pro-recovery diet is how you optimally use food to support your recovery process. So that's the first five months. Um, Meets twice a month for two hours at a time. The first time in the month is a two-hour lecture. And then the second meeting is more of a freewheeling discussion. We go over the learning objectives for the lecture so I can make sure everybody understands the key points. And then we talk about how to apply it to yourself, 
or to your clients. Mm-hmm. I always have everybody practice on themselves first. <laughs> Good idea. The second part of the course is the advanced training. And mm-hmm. it's an eight-month course where we apply all the tenets of what's called functional medicine to addiction recovery and mental health. So we look at digestion and absorption, the microbiome. There's a lot of talk in the news lately about how um, problems with the good bacteria in our gut can cause mental health issues. So we Mm -hmm. talk about that. We look at hormones. For instance, um, you may or may not know that most women, when they relapse, relapse premenstrually. Hmm. Well, there's some very key biochemical reasons to why women relapse premenstrually. And once you address those, they um, can get through that difficult time of the month just fine. Hmm. Okay. You know, that lowers the relapse rate. And yeah, I, it was actually one of the questions I had mm-hmm. earlier that I didn't, didn't come out was if there was a difference for men and women. I know when I worked with my nutritionist, she had a specific program for me as a, mm-hmm. as a male. So. Yes. Well, there is a difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, men have different protein needs and different specific other needs. Um, women really have to have, we have to have our hormones in balance and our hormones addressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's important to take that into account, both in early recovery, but in, but in developing a good nutrient program as well. So we talk about that. We mm-hmm. even talk about andropause. So, oh, okay. you know, men will often experience a decrease in testosterone production mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. generally later on in life but not for everybody so we have this gentleman um, Italian American gentleman come from New York because he was a chronic relapser into cocaine and sex addiction and the reason why he kept going back to cocaine in spite of trying to work a good recovery program is he was so exhausted all the time. Hmm. And he had trouble getting it up. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to use the cocaine for that aspect of things. Now, that actually is counterproductive. <laughs> um, but Didn't stop him from trying. Uh, exactly. He uh, wanted energy. And so I suggested to him as I was doing the intake that possibly his testosterone was low because all of his symptoms were pointing to that. And he got very macho on me and said, no, 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 of course not. Not me. Well, we did a hormone test and lo and behold, his testosterone was really low. (laughs) So once we talked him into some hormone replacement therapy, his cravings for cocaine went away. Hmm. He didn't need it anymore. Because he was feeling energetic and, you know, virile. Mm-hmm. It made an enormous difference to him. <laughs> so we talk about that. Um, then we look at infection, toxicity, and inflammation. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people who uh, use substances to feel better have been chronically physically ill for a long time. Mm, mm -hmm. They're desperate to find anything that will make them feel better. So, you know, substances work for a while and then take on a life of their own. So they stop using. They're still sick. Right. They may have Lyme disease. They may have yeast overgrowth. They could have every number of things. They could have inflammation in the brain, which causes depression and anxiety. They could have food allergies that cause every psychiatric symptom in the book. Mm -hmm. So I teach my clinicians how to identify those possibilities, not necessarily how to treat them, but how to identify them so they Mm -hmm. can then refer their clients and patients to appropriate treatment. Mm -hmm. Just saying, oh, it's all in your head. Get over it. Just yeah, I mean, how many people go around with Lyme disease or something and they just don't understand what's really happening to them? Precisely. 
And yeah, Lyme disease causes depression, anxiety, fatigue, uh, insomnia, yeah, migraines, yeah. chronic pain. You know, how many mm-hmm. people have gotten addicted to opiates and then moved to heroin when they couldn't get their prescription pills anymore because of chronic pain? Oh, yeah. So Way we, too many. Look, right. So we look at all of that in the class and I give everybody a really good foundation for mm-hmm. building on on their own. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Sounds like super, super valuable information that um, you know, that so many people could utilize in the recovery field, but and also in the medical field. I think, Absolutely. like you touched on that, so many uh, professionals in the health services field don't know nearly enough about this, and it seems fairly basic. Like. From the very beginning, from when we're born, and you know, we're, it's all about nutrition. That's right. This really is <laughs> absolutely, yeah. This is not rocket science. <laughs> no, it isn't. We try to make things more complicated than we have to sometimes, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, that's great. Uh, well, how can people find out more about? This uh, the course and the training if there are professionals looking for this it's uh, the com. is that correct? yes alright and then how can people touch base with you find out more if uh, they want to work one on one with you and learn more about what you do well my phone number is 303-888-9617 Okay. My website is my name, which is Christina Veselak. Um, Christina and then V E S E L A K at gmail.com. Um, I do a lot of work over the telephone and Skype. I do mm-hmm. nutritional consultations remotely that way. So I've had clients in Egypt and Iceland and England. I've also had students. From um, England and Iceland and a few Germany. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm fairly easily found and would love to talk to anybody who has questions for me. Please do call. Yeah, and I'll definitely I'll put all the links and your um, phone number and email address on the show notes for this. If people need to find it there, they can do that. And I'll share your info on uh, my Facebook page uh, for the show. And, um, yeah, any last little tidbits? How can people continue on, I guess, with their nutrition? It's something that falls off over time. So they go through their recovery process. They've been sober for a year, two, three. They're feeling so much better now. And then all of a sudden the donuts and other things are sneaking back in. (laughs) And... (laughs) I, because I know sometimes these sorts of things will lead to cravings and, and relapse for maybe something, you know, a little stronger than a donut. Absolutely. And, and we all get complacent and we all get a little lazy. Mm-hmm. So people after a while will stop taking their amino acids. And mm-hmm. as long as their symptoms, they remain symptom free, that's okay. But if symptoms start coming back, whether it be cravings for sugar or other substances, um, or they're more tired or they're more anxious or they have insomnia, that's a signal that their brain needs feeding again. Mm-hmm. So we want to look at these things as signals. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, what what's missing here? And then as well as utilizing other aspects of recovery, your community, your sponsor, meetings, church, mm-hmm. whatever really works for you in terms of an ongoing recovery process, go back to feeding your brain. Yeah. And you will notice within a day or two, sometimes even an hour or two, that you will start feeling better. Just to mention before we stop, the amino acid L-glutamine yeah. Feeds the prefrontal cortex when blood sugar drops. And I have all my recovering clients and some of my mental health clients as well carry little baggies of glutamine with them because within 20, 10 to 15 minutes, it can take away craving for alcohol and it can take away craving for sugar and wow. most likely cravings for other substances and behaviors as well. 
And you can Strong. buy it at any vitamin store. Strong stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christina. It's been a pleasure. I could talk for hours about this. And, um, yeah, we'll uh, definitely uh, get you back sometime to talk some more and revisit this because I think it's a super important piece of the whole recovery process for so many people that um, that so many people are missing. Right. You know? right. It's, it's just getting past them. So. Well, James, I would love to. Lovely talking with you as well. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can learn more at recoveryinnovatorsradio.com. Cool.